Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the jazz session. I'm Jason Crane. The jazz session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. The jazz session is also available for free at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. Today's guest is drummer Martin Urbach from his album Free Will. This is I Broke the Jazz. is Martin Erbach. He has an album called Free Will, and uh, it's my pleasure to welcome Martin to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, thank you so much, Jason. It's awesome that we were able to do this. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. I I appreciate that. I saw you, uh, I was in New York City and spending some time with uh, my friends Joe Laurie and James Shipp, and uh, Joe was performing with your band, and I was lucky enough to catch a set at the Iridium, which was great, and uh, really happy to have you on the show. So, yeah, that was that was really an amazing, an amazing time, and and how lucky I am to play all the people that that um play with all the people that did this show with me. Joe really brought um uh, something that can't be put in words um to my songs with words. Kind of funny. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I definitely want to talk about the series of shows uh, that you've done recently, um, but I want to kind of fill in some of the the background history for folks uh, who may not know about you. You were, I know, born in Bolivia. Uh, Part of your heritage is Jewish. You lived in New Orleans. You now live in New York City. So pretty much your typical... Your typical jazz story, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I guess um, I am. I am a citizen of the world, that's, like that's people right. like to say. I've, I've been um, around different places, and yeah, it's been it's been really an awesome um, journey, and I've been able to um, soak up a lot of different um, cultures and sounds and flavors and smells. So it's been it's been great, and I think that all that um, comes into my music. Will you talk about uh, kind of your first exposure to the drums and how that came about when you began playing? Well, um, I, it's funny. I started playing guitar, 
And um, I like to think that when I was around 11 or 12, I decided that my fingers were too chubby for for the guitar uh, neck, so I just could never really get it right. And then I started, um, I just kind of sat down on a set of drums, and it felt like I've never felt something like that before. So it just kind of happened organically. I hate to use that word. I think a lot of people use it um, in many different situations, but it just kind of happened. Um, I sat down on a set of drums, and 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 it just felt like the best thing in the world. So I kept doing it. And what kind of music uh, were you playing then? What or, or and maybe even more importantly, what were you listening to at the time? Um, well, I'm. Uh, I grew up in the mid-80s and 90s in South America and Bolivia. And like I like to say, uh, 80s uh, rock has never died there. So I listened to a lot of 80s music. I listened to a lot of ACDC. Um, then into the 90s, I started getting really into Guns N' Roses and um, a lot of, you know, 80s American music and um, I was also starting to listen to more to all the folk music of South America and uh, salsa, and through that I started listening to Cuban music, and it's through Cuban music that I started listening to Brazilian music, so lots of uh, all different kinds of South American musics. And were you playing uh, kind of a traditional drum set when you first started out, or or percussion, or a mix of both? Yeah, I was playing mostly uh, drum set. Um, actually, didn't play any hand drums or percussion in South America because I, I kind of felt that that um, it wasn't my calling. I felt like the people down there um, could do it way better than I could ever do it. Um, but really, I mean, that's not really the reason. It just, um, I guess I never felt um, the connection with it um, until a few years ago where I started studying different... Um, drums that are not just a regular drum set. So I was mainly playing drum set. And so kind of where in this exposure to all these different kinds of music um, did you first start hearing improvised music? Um, well, I had a music teacher back home um, who was an Argentinian blues player. And um, he was teaching me a little bit of guitar, and then once I stopped playing guitar, he kind of started teaching me drums even though he didn't play any drums so um, I guess through seeing him improvise um, in teaching me I sort of started getting the concept together and then listening to um, people like Buddy Guy and B.B. King and Albert Collins and all the all the blues the blues men I um, I discovered improvisation and, and I guess even though I wasn't thinking about improvisation now thinking back um, 15 years ago or 12 years ago I was um, I guess I started improvising since the very first time that I um, that I sat at a set of drums um, you know like I told you I just the first, my first connection to the drums was I just sat down um, and started playing them um, out of frustration of not being able to play guitar and be a rock star on the guitar so I guess um, without knowing it I started from the very beginning it and once I started studying a little bit of blues, um, and then when I moved to New Orleans to study English, um, I realized that uh, improvisation is the part of music that uh, that I really feel most connected to. 
So I started exploding it more. You've really anticipated kind of the thing I was going to follow up with, which is to say that um, it feels like in, in many ways uh, we treat improvisation as something that you kind of come to later in life, when actually it is, in most cases, the first thing anybody ever does on an instrument is just, you know, figure out what it sounds like and they mess around because they don't know how to do anything else. In some ways, maybe we get away from that and then have to come back to it rather than rather than being introduced to it you know, for the first time in your teens or your 20s. I mean, as you sure. said, you were improvising from the very first moment you sat down on a drum set. Sure. I mean, and, and I, I, uh, a lot of what I do also is uh, um, I teach a lot. Of, uh, I teach kids a lot. So I like to tell um, kids that, you know, like uh, improvisation is not something that uh, it's so unfamiliar to us. I mean, we, we do it in pretty much everything that we do in our daily lives. We improvise, you know, we we don't just wake up and, and come up with a plan on, you know, how we're going to turn the doorknob or, you know, like the exact speed that we're going to put the milk into our cereal. So I like to tell um, kids and actually I tell myself that, you know, like we improvise in anything we do. So music shouldn't be any different or any more scary than, you know, than just forming sentences like the ones we're talking, we're saying right now. In a way, we spend all this time studying whatever it is and bettering our craft, um, and sometimes we forget that um, deep down we already know how to do it, you know? We just have to come up with better ways of doing it or maybe ways that are more fresh or ways that mean uh, something deeper to us. But in a way, like, we, Im- we improvise 24-7, yeah, I think that's I think that's really important. And you know, I noticed uh, I mean, I've only seen you uh, play one time, but one thing that I was really struck by at the show was or there were actually two elements of the show that I was really struck by. One was the the kind of sense of, you know, humor and the you know, kind of lack of pretension. And the other was a real openness and kind of awareness of the the feeling in the room. And that both those things seem very important to me and I can hear kind of where they where they come from as you talk about your teaching methods. Uh, it seems like you're very attuned to things beyond just the kind of music on the page or the music being improvised by the group. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, totally. And thank you so much for noticing those things. I mean, those those um, two things in particular are, are things that I, I really hold very dear to my heart. Um, I mean, I think that 
humor and a sense of humor and and, and just happiness um, is very important to to the person that I am. Um, and trying to convey that happiness and trying to be a vehicle for it to bring it to people and people that come to my shows is really uh, thing number one uh, through my music. So when I sit down to write a song, I am. Um, you know, not every song is a happy-go-lucky song, but, um, you know, I try to convey some kind of feeling um, through my melodies and my compositions. So um, when I get to play, especially when I get to play with the people that have been playing with me, um, I've been pretty much having the same core band for about five years now. It's just I can't help it but, you know, almost explode of happiness and joy because those people play my music so well and, and usually... There's lots of friends in the audience and then lots of new people that I get to know and meet and and hopefully have an impact on. So those things are, are, are great, and it's great that, it's, that I've been able to do it for, for this many years. Martin, what is the, the point of music for you? Why, why do you do it? What, is it? what does it provide for your life uh, that it, you would notice in its absence? Wow. Um... Give me one second to to um, try to put some words. Um, Take as much time sense. as you need. Um, um, well, the point of music for me is to be able to be a to be an emissary, uh, like to be a, a person that can give um, and communicate and bring happiness, like I told you before, and and bring new things. I, I try to bring, bring a fresh, um, fresh. Um, I don't want to say fresh breath of air, but like a fresh lens with which to look at life through. So for me, music um, is a um, medium or art form that that lets me lets me do that. It lets me communicate my feelings and lets me tell people what I'm up to and and lets me say say my mind and speak my mind. So um, you know, it's it's one of those things that for me, it's a very personal thing. And I, and I like to think that um, that most times I'm in tune with it. So, so usually the things that I practice in music are not even um, technical things anymore. Uh, even though sometimes I, I still do, but the things that I practice uh, tend to be how to, you know, have a clear path to express my feelings while playing the drums. Um, you know, like how how I can how myself and music can be one and it's just no there's no um, difference if, whether I speak or I play a drum beat you know I mean does that make any sense I think it does yeah I'm interested. You spent uh, several years uh, in New Orleans at the University of New Orleans, and I'm interested in what you know what you've kind of taken with you from from your experience there. Ooh. Man, I um, I'll tell everybody that um, I I not only became um, a better person in New Orleans, but I think I grew up. I I I became a man there. I I um I felt like when I got off the plane, I was like a 18 year old boy, and when I left New Orleans uh, because of Hurricane Katrina in 2005, I um I was a completely different person. And um, one of the things that struck me the most um, is how people get to be so rooted in one place, you know, like people that are from New Orleans are very proud of being from where they're from and, and, um, and, you know, like, I mean, 
you you probably know this, but all the the uh, thousands of people that didn't leave for Hurricane Katrina, they didn't leave because that's home. You know, they had nowhere else to go. So, in a way, since I spent so many years like traveling from Bolivia to Argentina and Brazil, and uh, living in so many different places, I, I don't think I had ever felt. Um, that I belonged to a place uh, like I did with New Orleans. So I think that that is, is a, a very powerful thing. And um, second, I mean, there's so much drama. There's just like a never-ending stream of amazing drumming every day, every moment in New Orleans. So I say if you're, you know, even if you're not a musician, if you're just into drumming or if you if you just like to shake your booty, you should go to New Orleans and listen to Johnny V play drums, um, or all all the, the amazing drummers that live there. I might just throw in that you know I, th- I think a lot of people didn't evacuate Katrina not merely out of a sense of place, but for economic reasons. I mean, they had they had no means to go anywhere, right? If you didn't have sure. a car and a credit card and a decent amount of cash, it was pretty tough to get anywhere. That's like true. That That's definitely true. Um, what was your experience like? Um, it's hard to, you know, kind of encapsulate it. But can you talk about what happened to you during Katrina? Well, I um, I wasn't going. I talk about improvisation again. It's funny. Um, I wasn't going to leave. I woke up um, one Saturday morning and I was gonna um, go meet a friend for coffee at eight thirty in the morning. I don't even remember why we were gonna do it so so early. But in a way, that kind of that kind of saved uh, saved both. Uh, him and me, but um, we woke up pretty early. I was on my way to the coffee shop, and you know, I just started seeing people like I've never seen them before. Like you know, and people telling me like, "Let me tell you something, little brother." You know, like I don't know what you're doing, you know, but you should leave. You know, I'm staying here. I'm staying put, but you should leave. And um, you know, a 60 year old um, grandpa, you know, drinking a beer on the stoop, pretty much telling me like, "Okay, dude, just." get out kind of thing and I'd never seen that before so um, I still wasn't going to leave and then at some point I decided like okay well if I see three or four more people um, you know hinting that it's going to be a bad one I'm I'm leaving and you know living in living in New Orleans you don't want to live through uh, you don't want to like just pack up and go through every hurricane because then you'll be doing that you know 15 times a year or something like that um so once I assessed the situation and I realized that it was pretty, pretty, pretty bad, and you know you don't want to be in New Orleans uh, in the middle of the summer um, in like 100 degree weather with no AC um, or no drinking water. So then I got in my car and uh, I drove to Houston to stay with uh, with some friends. And yeah, pretty much that's it. I took I took one backpack with me and my drums just in case I I I could pick up a gig or two on the way. Um, and yeah, and that's it. And then Hurricane Katrina happened. And and what happened to the place where you lived in Katrina? My the apartment that I had got about seven feet of water. So I, I everything there got soaked and and pretty much wasted. I had a very I had a very um, great set of drums that I had built uh, from scratch with a friend and. That got um that got completely flooded. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine um, still has them in his in his um, basement. He won't let let go of them. He says that they're just too important um, 
to throw away, even though they're completely molded. And... So, did you try to go back to New Orleans to live after the storm? Um, well, I, you know, I've been back and forth many times playing music and visiting friends and for the Mardi Gras. But um, I, I decided to um, to kind of let my experiences with Hurricane Katrina um, help me um, help me find new things, you know, new places. I wanted I wanted to keep living in New Orleans because I definitely, you know, I definitely had way, way many more things to um, learn down there but um i i decided to give new york a try and as soon as i got here i started getting um some gigs and then i applied to the manhattan school of music and i said well if i don't make it in to the graduate program i'll go back to new orleans for a few years and then i'll try back and um you know thankfully that that did happen and i i um I was awarded a full scholarship at the Manhattan School of Music. And yeah, then I stayed here. And pretty much now I'm, I'm, I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm in New York and, and I go to New Orleans pretty often. As a matter of fact, um, the band and I are going uh, in late November to do a record release party down there. So will you talk about the uh, the recent series of shows that you did at, I know it was at Iridium and Cornelia Street and The Stone and some other places. Talk about, uh, you know, those shows and, and the folks that you played with there. Uh, sure, sure. Well, um, yeah, like you said, uh, we did the Iridium in early August and we also did The Stone and we did um, the Cornelia Street and those three gigs uh, were very, very, very uh, awesome in different ways um, the gig at the Radium that you that you saw, I was able to invite uh, the ultra amazing Joel Lowry, um to sing some of my my new songs. Um, I've been writing lots of songs with words. Um, a, a few a few months ago, I realized that that um, something was missing in my music, and I realized that um, that I should do something something about it. And after a little bit of soul searching, I uh, I decided that that. I need to start writing words to go along with my melodies. And um I was feeling like like 
not not to put it down because I, I completely love jazz and, and completely love um instrumental music. It's it's you know, it's it's not whether it's not about being better or worse, but I've decided that uh to me not writing words to go with my melodies just wasn't good enough. So um I started writing songs with words and then Joe um joined us and really, really, really blessed us all with her singing. So that that show was very special for that. Um, Let me just ask you, Martin. What what was missing without lyrics? What did you need the lyrics for? You know, it's I don't I don't even know if if I completely needed the lyrics per se, as I felt like um, like I just needed to let let whatever I had inside me just come out. Um, so I don't I don't I don't I don't think I needed um, you know to write. Uh, lyrics to um to give my music meaning i i think of it kind of like a, the other way around i felt like i needed to let myself um just let music kind of come out of me and and it just happened to be in the in the lyric form um also uh you know english is not my first language so i found it really 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 challenging to um make sentences and, and make sense of words um being put together in English, you know, like I spent, um, you know, 18 years of my life pretty much only thinking in Spanish, and then I moved here without speaking in English, so, um, you know, it, it's it's really hard to form um, sentences that make sense and that sound poetic, or that maybe have a double meaning, or that can create imagery, I still don't know how to say that word, imagery or imagery? Imagery. Imagery. Yeah, there you go. So I've been working lately a lot with imagery, on you know saying things and and kind of creating a painting um, with words. The same way that I try to do with lyric, um, not with lyrics, with uh, with melodies. I mean, I actually think that being a non-native speaker in some ways frees you from all the kind of cliched English baggage that other that lyricists have, right? I mean, there's there's so many, you know, there's hundreds or uh, I don't know, probably about a thousand, I guess, at this point, years of varying forms of English lyrics, and in the kind of popular world, there's uh, you know, two hundred years, and it seems like it's so easy to get bogged down in that. And when that's not, when you don't have all of that kind of pre-programmed code in you. Um, like, as I, I really, I enjoyed the lyrics, uh, you know, that I heard at that at that show that night, and I often find that to be the case that people who are non-native speakers of English have really fresh ways of putting English words together, which which I enjoy. Sure, sure. I mean, and that's that's definitely, um, you know, I really enjoy the challenge of writing of writing a new melody and then assigning words to it, uh, but not in a random way, you know. Like, I'm, I'm every every lyric that I write. Um, comes uh from a story in my life so to put it together and and make and make them make sense um it's it's really challenging and it's really it gives me a new way of writing music i um i realized that you know before i was writing this like two or three octave um uh range melodies you know and like singers will be like you're crazy you can't have a you know low c going into three octaves above you know like having a high A, you know, that's impossible to sing. So one of the things that, that writing lyrics did for me is I think it, 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 it helps refine my melody writing into things that I can actually sing myself. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it, the challenge is, is great in the, in the grammatical and, and in the, um, 
in the in the language part of it, but it, it also it poses a, a lot of different things uh, as a songwriter, you know, and like how to make. For me, my new thing is like, you know, if I have a set of lyrics, how can I how can I convey the same feeling just with the melody, you know? Like, do I write a melody going up or a melody going down or lots of skips? Um, so, anyways, that that's at least the way I see it. For now, you seem to be uh, very passionate about teaching too, as more than just you know another means of income. I mean, you, uh, from what I've heard you say about it and what I've uh, read that you've written about it, it seems to be an important part of the, you know the kind of overall picture of being a musician for you. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, teaching is is um is very very important to me. I I I am blessed um to have um the ability and to work with so many different kids on a weekly basis. Um, I do it a lot, so I like to think that uh, that uh, every day I, I become better at it. And, um, yeah, to me, it's definitely not, not just a way of, uh, of making ends meet. Um, it's definitely, it's, it's, to me, it's the same thing as performing music or writing music. It's, it's just another way of helping the world become a little bit better, um, you know, through music, it's like working with kids not only keeps me fresh and keeps me with new ideas of improvise and for improvisation, but it also kind of helps me realize um, the important things in life. You know, um, so so if I can learn so much from them and teach them how to do something, um, you know, how to play drums or how to improvise or you know, music, or sometimes we'll talk about, you know, just anything doesn't really even have to be music-related, you know? I feel I feel like the important thing about being a good teacher is being able to relate to your students. So, in a way, I just happen to be a dude that can relate to the kid, and in the process, I'm teaching him how to play the drums. That's Martin Erbach from his album Free Will. You've been listening to The Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane.
The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of The Jazz Session is also available for free at TheJazzSession.com and in iTunes. The theme music for this show is by the Respect Sextet online at RespectSextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed the show's logo. There's a mailing list for this show, which you'll find at thejazzsession.com and also a Facebook group, and at both of those venues I give away music. The Jazz Session is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States License. Well, that's really all you need to know about that. If you plan to pirate the show in some way, you know, see the license. Thanks very much for listening. I'm really glad you were here. You are why I do it. Please support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session. <laughs>